special special edition of the Fake Spike podcast. I guess we don't need to make a special edition. It's just a podcast, right? But this called for one today. What's up, Vort? <laughs> that was definitely a good reason to jump on tonight. I couldn't wait. And this is the first time, I believe we're like 20, 21 episodes in. I have to tell you, I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in pissed. And I, I can't wait to let my anger out and talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. Well, and if anybody hasn't heard yet, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a Jets fan, you, you already know, somehow Adam Gase fired Greg Williams. It's not that the team fired Greg Williams, which is bad enough, but Adam Gase apparently fired him, which opens up all kinds of other things. Uh, I have heard no one mention some of the things I'm going to talk about, or at least one of the things I'm going to talk about. I will get to it after you. Vort, the floor is yours, my friend. Go for it. There is... From such a small announcement, it's common. You know, coordinators get fired all the time. It happens. But this opened up so many avenues that I want to talk about. My mind is just racing. But let's begin with this. The, the first couple of things that jumped out at me. When you look at it on a small, narrow scale, if you just isolate the game and that play in particular, I said it after the game. I'll say it now. And I'll agree with anybody who has the same stance. That loss was solely on Greg Williams. That was, if you look at just that play call, it goes in the category as one of the worst play calls in the history of play calls when a game is on the line. It was terrible. There's no denying it. There's no defending it. That loss is on Greg Williams. I'm okay with it. That's the narrow view of the situation. If you look at the slightly bigger picture, here's what I'll say before I go into other details. If the Jets were in some way, mathematically, still in a playoff hunt. I don't care if they were three games out with four games to go, two games out, three games out with three games to go, whatever it may be. That's a fireable offense. I can totally get on board with the decision to fire a coordinator that cost you a valuable game that could have been a springboard to something positive. On a completely opposite spectrum, the horrendous call, the mistake that Greg Williams made, actually played right into the Jets' favor in the bigger picture. We're still the leading contenders for Trevor Lawrence, which is obviously what this season has been about. At this point, we all know it's not a secret. It's tank for Trevor. Everybody everybody who is a logical, reasonable fan is on board with that. To keep Adam Gase, who is responsible for the 11 losses, and to fire Greg Williams, who is responsible for one loss, and not only that, the fact that Adam Gase is the one who made the decision to fire the defensive coordinator, it made me throw my hands up in the air in anger. In the middle of the street, I was literally walking to meet a client when I got the alert on my phone. I threw my hands in the air like a lunatic and I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. How much power does Adam Gase have in this organization that he was actually given a green light to make the call to fire the defensive coordinator? And let's remember, this is not some novice guy who doesn't know his ass from his elbow. This is a guy who is a pretty reputable guy who has done, in my opinion, a pretty good job with the quote-unquote talent that he's had to work with. The defense has been on the field more than they have to be. I I don't want to get off topic. I'll just stick to the fact that I don't think he's done a terrible job. I think his job has been, if you don't want to say a good job, it's been average. It certainly hasn't been a failing grade when you look at all the circumstances involved. I'm speechless. I'm angered. And I'm looking for somebody to give me some kind of a logical logical explanation as to why Adam Gase, why that idiot was given the power and the green light to make that decision. 
I actually have an answer for you, which one of the things I read today, which I, you know, I, I actually did a video earlier. I was so freaking heated like you. I, I, I went in hot. I didn't like the Le'Veon Bell thing. I didn't, I didn't go research anything. I just went in there with emotion off of one thing that I saw. Now, the first thing is, is in response to what you were saying is that how does Adam Gase have the power? That I have no idea. There is no, there's, there's no explanation for that whatsoever. But let me start with the first thing. Okay, I'll answer your other question first. You know what? Why does Adam Gase still have his job? Apparently, one of the big reasons the Jets have not fired Adam Gase yet is that they are sensitive to the fact that they are perceived to have a quick trigger finger, trigger finger, and don't want to validate that thought. Now, my first question is. How did the Jets have a quick trigger finger? They stuck with Todd Bowles for four years, long past the point where it was clear he wasn't going to do the job. They stuck with Rex Ryan for six years, even longer after the fact that it was obvious he wasn't going to do the job. They stuck with McCagnan for four years. They stuck with Idzik for only two, but um, you know, but that that was an absolute disaster. They stuck with Mangini for only only a couple of years, but that was twelve years ago. So. My question then is, is number one, when have they had an itchy trigger finger? And number two, when have they proven to be wrong? Where are all these guys now that are making Thank the you. Jets look stupid for letting them Thank go? Thank you. When a team has a quote-unquote quick trigger finger, that means you're a losing franchise. You made a wrong choice and you got to move on. Second of all, the Jets do not fire a coach in season. So that already kind of eliminates you from the quick trigger category. But sorry, I want to have you finish your thought. I just had to chime in. Go ahead. That was pretty much that thought. So that's one of the reasons Adam Gase is still here. Um, I don't, obviously the Jets are not saying that he's there to finish the tank. And at this point, I don't think the Jets are purposely tanking. I think they're just that inept. And, um, you know, and, and Gase is just an idiot. Now, the other point I want to make that I have heard no one make is Adam Gase said at the, at after when they asked him who fired who fired Williams, he said I did, and they said why, and he said, um, "Now you ready for this quote?" He said that uh, you know the players worked really hard and deserved to win that game. They shouldn't have had the loss taken from them. I mean, the win taken from them. Now that's all fine and good, but Adam Gase also said he knew the play was coming and wishes he You're would have going exactly where I wanted out. this conversation. Yeah, to go. go he ahead. Wishes he would have called the timeout. So why didn't you? And once you didn't, how do you put the blame on the coordinator at that point? Basically, Adam Gase fired a guy for making a bad call that he could have overridden, decided not to, probably for the same stupid reason that when he, you know, he felt bad taking Gore out when Gore wanted to stay in, some stupid misguided you know loyalty to this or that and then and then goes in and fires the guy anyway that that is the lowest scumbag freaking thing he had he has no integrity no no I, I, I forgot the other word I was looking for. No integrity, no um, what's the no word? Loyalty, no loyalty. Absolutely, but that's not the word I was looking for. But integrity, loyalty. Um, while uh, you oh, think geez. about the word, I'm so glad yeah, you touched on this because this is what set me off the deep end. This is what angered me. This idiot, this moron. And if you're question, if you're wondering who I'm talking about, it is Adam Gase. The guy tries to find a scapegoat after a horrendous loss. He had a scapegoat placed perfectly on a silver platter for him and this moron still manages to implicate himself as a goddamn idiot by saying that i knew it was a bad call but i don't know i sh- i guess i should have called a timeout hindsight 2020 i should have overruled the play but i didn't so basically i wish i did i wish i oh credibility that's the word i was looking for Cred- Cred- absolutely yeah 
he he wishes he did. It's not like he, you know, when he now he wishes he did. It's like, oh well, you know, I decided not to. I really wish I did. I'm gonna fire the guy anyway. That is the that is such a low scumbag move. That's like a backstab, weak. I I can't even get into how weak that is. And this is exactly, this is the quote. You were asking why nobody's talking about it. This was the main quote why I had to do the podcast with you tonight. That completely made me blow my gasket. I don't even know. Common words are eluding me right now because of my anger. But you're a head coach. And you're basically saying, I'm firing this guy for making a mistake. A mistake that I knew in the moment that he was making. That me as a head coach, the leader of this team, had the power and the knowledge and the understanding that I had to stop this from happening. But I didn't. Boo-hoo. I don't know why. But I'm still going to make him the fall guy. Because God forbid I take the goddamn blame and responsibility. It's still it's the more of that cowardly thing he has where he he doesn't take any accountability for himself and blames everybody else. It is just more of that because, you know, for him to stand up there and say he felt bad for the players and he fired this guy because the players were upset and that, you know, he he felt bad that they worked so hard for a win is is just so cowardly. That's a cowardly thing to do. If he was a true leader and, and had control of his team, he stops the play. And if he doesn't stop the play afterwards, you know what he says? He doesn't he doesn't blame Greg Williams. He said, I had the ability to stop the play. I decided not to. We live and die with the decision. I support my coordinator. That's what he should have done. But he's a snake. In a season like this, again, I go back to the fact that if this was a game that could have been a springboard for something positive, and don't tell me one win is something positive. We're past that. We're we're in a hunt for Lawrence. If this was, again, not to repeat myself, if we had some kind of mathematical, however improbable it is, a chance at a playoff, something where this game was actually meaningful and the loss really kind of eliminates you, sets you back, fine, put him on a chopping block. This game meant squat. If he was a man of character, if he was a man of any honor, any loyalty, he would have said, we as a team, we blew the game. You find a way not to completely throw your defensive coordinator under a bus. You take some responsibility as a head coach, as a leader, as a captain of this ship. He keeps throwing people overboard, but he remains dry and he keeps his license to drive this boat off a cliff. He is the epitome of a scumbag fuck. He really is. Like when you watch movies and guys are like doing these sneaky things that you know about because you're watching the movie, but the other people in the movie don't know about it. This is the type of guy Adam Gase is. And now he's actually out there doing this publicly and and getting away with it. And th- this is the part that kills me is the Jets franchise. And you made a, you made a comment today about the clown show. The Jets franchise is allowing this. They continue to allow this guy to make them look bad. And I'm really starting to worry now. Now, after today, I'm starting to worry that Adam Gase might not be fired. That is, that is, you know, when, when you have the power to fire a guy and you keep getting away with making the franchise look bad and smearing their reputation and their integrity, then then what are they going to do? They're going At what point? Is it literally after the season ends? You can't fire a guy during the season. You allow all this to happen. That is some scary shit. And now I'm starting to worry that Joe Douglas has absolutely no power at all. He's going to draft guys. He's going to he's going to cut guys. And that's it. Beyond that, he may not have any power. And if that's the case and the Johnsons are going to continue to run this show, then I may as well just freaking give it up now because it's not going anywhere. And that was my biggest takeaway from from today, from the news broke. It's like, I'm sorry, but anybody who is a fan sees something is terribly wrong with this picture that anybody else, but anybody else but him, whether it's the Johnsons, whether it's Joe Douglas, 
I would have disagreed with it, again, because it kind of empowers Gase. But the fact that he proudly goes and says, I made the call to fire him, and nobody in the organization brought him into the office and be like, Adam, you got to chill out. You've been the worst head coach in the NFL for two years. Relax. The guy clearly blew the game, but let's show a united front. No, he actually got the green light, and he was able to fire the defensive coordinator. And all I'm thinking is, my God, they really must be committed to this guy for next year because they think that it's it's the lack of talent why he's not producing any wins. It's mind-boggling to me what he's been allowed to do by firing Greg Williams. Yeah, the only, only saving grace I can possibly think of, and this is a stretch. It is a stretch because it's hopeful, wishful thinking, is that Adam Gase has control over his coaches and his staff and Douglas does not, just like he doesn't have control over Gase. So I am hoping that because Adam Gase has it, and maybe this is some lame, pathetic, cowardly attempt by Gase to show some, save some face with his players, that Gase fired the guy that pissed him off. Because you know, Marcus May went public and was angry, and I'm sure some of the other players were angry. So maybe this is Adam Gase trying to make his players happy in a cowardly move that stabs somebody else in the back, and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the organization. And maybe behind closed doors, tonight they're saying Adam what is going on here and at least asking those questions and it still will not have an effect on him getting fired at the end of the season because it's not Douglas's call and maybe Chris Johnson has it in his mind that Gase is out of here anyway I can only hope that that is the reason because you know the alternative is that Gase does have that kind of power and then we got major major issues here and I'm actually really glad you brought up Marcus May because that was the name that I really wanted to discuss I hate the fact that they hired Williams because it almost empowers a player who's been solid, but let's not make him to be the world beater. He's been solid this year. He's not been spectacular. He he was very outspoken after the game saying that the list of trying, but sometimes the coaches have to help us out. He definitely kind of called out Greg Williams, threw him under the bus. But the fact that the head coach, the GM, whoever was in charge, couldn't reel him in, tell him to calm down a little bit, show him the bigger picture that we have to be a team. We have to show a united front. The fact that you empower Marcus May that the day after he calls out the defensive coordinator, you fire him, that's not saving face in front of in front of your team. That's empowering them to be brats and saying, well, well, okay, uh, now that if the special teams coach, if he doesn't call for a fair catch and makes me return the kickoff or a punt, well, maybe I'll call him out of the media and Adam Gates will get rid of him. It's just this move made no sense on so many fronts on any level it makes zero sense it stinks of cowardice it stinks of pushing off the blame on somebody else it basically stinks of adam gase and everything he's been and continues to be he, he really is a coward i mean i i try not to use that word all that much because i mean it really does take a special you know special in bunny quotes kind of person to actually be a coward and to get as far as adam gaze has to have an nfl career and be the head coach of a team and get and to act and to be such a coward makes you wonder what the hell went on through all the years that he's managed to make it through and still hold jobs because this guy he is a serious coward 
and, and I, I'm trying to think of other words without using the same word, but he is a backstabbing piece of shit scumbag. He really is. There is no, there's no integrity to this guy. He takes no accountability and everybody else is to blame. And this was the ultimate stab in the back for, of someone who, you know, quite frankly, you know, as you said earlier, the defense has not been great, but it's been good enough in a lot of spots. There's been a lot of penalties. Yes. Greg Williams is not an all time great coach, but he's good enough to get a team, you know, at least a defense to play well. And he's, he has done more with a bunch of rookies in that secondary than 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 just about anyone else could have done this year especially considering how bad the offense has been and this guy first chance he gets just pushes him out the door and makes him the fall guy for one freaking play when i, when I was thinking about adam gase and this kind of goes back to one of the first podcasts we did one of the earlier ones uh, that we did earlier ones meaning two three weeks ago you you always said that the guy strikes you as somebody who probably does know his X's and O's. So what I think is, and I kind of equate it to you. You you have your own company. So I equate it to somebody coming in for a job interview, which is Adam Gase. He's coming in for an interview. And when there is no people to deal with, when you, when you simply have a blackboard, you have a marker, and you're talking X's and O's, the guy clearly knows what he's doing. When there is no opponent, there is no halftime adjustments, just strictly X's and O's, he probably sounds very impressive. But when you add the entire element of what being a head coach is, it obviously stretches a lot farther than just calling the plays and knowing the game itself. You have to deal with people, with personnel, with coaches. You have to wear many hats. And that's where he fails, and he fails by a goddamn mile. That's the only logic that I can think of. He's the guy that comes in when it's a behind closed doors when you're just talking football when you're talking plays he really knows how to speak and how to impress the management with football speak but when it comes to the whole picture of actually getting the job and becoming a head coach and running the team and leading them he has no goddamn clue how to do that a light bulb came on in my head while you were speaking you you actually kind of kind of gave me an idea and you know to, to start with your last thought is that he he doesn't um I lost the train of thought on this one. But basically, I think you're right. I think when you have someone like Adam Gase who has to be the smartest person in the room and he he actually seems to have some kind of some kind of weird obsession with being smarter than everyone else and when he's not he, he kind of freaking loses his mind, but he he goes into a room with a guy like Chris Johnson who is not a football guy. You know, Chris Johnson, you know, you and me would probably be impressed with Adam Gase strictly on a play calling level, right? If Adam Gase came and sat with us and said all this and that, we'd be like, wow, he knows this shit. Now, this is two years ago. Not now. Now I'd punch him in his face. (laughs) If Adam Gase came into a room with us, right? Like, because me, I respect knowledgeable sports fans. When I get a sports fan who knows sports and isn't just trying to make conversation with me, I notice the difference, right? And you and me tried a couple, yeah, me and you tried a couple years ago to do a, uh, to do the sports talk thing. And I was fucking blowing smoke up your ass about basketball, just asking somewhat knowledgeable questions, but clearly didn't know the sport. And eventually you were like, just shut up. And I was like, you're right, I'll shut up. But it's noticeable when you know sports and someone comes in and knows their stuff. Chris Johnson, not knowing his stuff, must have been completely blown away by a guy who knows his X's and O's and and, and you know, because I listen to Adam Gase talk, he's he can be charismatic. He's not a horrible speaker, so he must have went in there, and and that explains how he wowed Christopher Johnson so much that he got the job. It also explains why what you said is that you know the head coach has to do this, that, the other thing. He's not capable of all those things, like because at head coach level, at the head coach level, you have to give up the X's and O's. You have to give that that responsibility of teaching and 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 
play calling and everything to your assistant coaches because your job becomes bigger. You are now managing an entire team. You're managing the press. You are motivating people. You are their psychologist. You are, uh, you know, you're approving game plans. If you want to design plays, that's fine. But the other stuff has to come first. And Adam Gase does not do any of that stuff. And I never really put that together until you were saying it all. And, and it all kind of came into place for me in one spot. That is how Adam Gase got this job. He's impressive when he talks football, but when he has to apply it and actually do something to, you know, to validate his plays, it doesn't happen because anybody who tries to go against him will be able to make an adjustment and and say, all right, well, this play won't work when this happens. And he, he's not capable of readjusting to that. So you you are absolutely right. You just made me realize how Adam Gase got this job. How he keeps it, I don't know, but he's, he's you know, Joe Douglas has to save our asses, man. He's our only chance. It's our only hope. I just, I'm going to go to sleep tonight and I'm going to keep thinking about this because I'm a lunatic fan who's obsessed with my Jets and I will not have my answer because for the life of me, I can't figure out how a coach of a winless team 11 weeks in gets the green light to fire a defensive coordinator for one horrendous play. I'm not making excuses. I'm not defending Greg Williams. I told you yesterday when we were doing the podcast as a recap of the game, that loss is on his shoulders. It was. It has to go down as one of the worst game-ending calls ever. But that still doesn't justify the fact, especially that in the bigger picture, it does help the Jets. It, it doesn't really, it's not a valid defense of the play call. I get it. But to fire him? No, I would have been on board if we were a winning team. That's a completely fireable offense. That just, you can't cost your team games late in the season when you're in a race. But this season, holy shit. I mean, you could you could have made a mental note saying, that's it, Greg Williams is gone. I don't care if the team plays, if the defense gets three shutouts in the next four games. I don't care. This was inexcusable. I can never have him take that chance again. God forbid this game mattered and could have ruined our season. But this, the morning after the loss falls on him and he's out of a job, while the idiot who can't, who can't get this right for 11 weeks, and this is not close losses. We're not talking Atlanta Falcons who have been bad because they couldn't figure out a way to close games. This has been an epically embarrassing season from every way, from the quarterback falling apart, to the team being blown out in the games I had no business blown, being blown out of. And this was the this was the cherry on top of the cake. The game that it was there. It was won and they found a way to lose it. And it's just, it's Adam Gase looking for scapegoats. First it was, and I don't know, how am I the only one that's seeing this? I can't be the only one that's seeing this. First it was the quote of, we would have been, we, we, we will do better if the team executes the plays that I'm calling. Then it was kind of throwing Sam Donald under the bus. Now it's going to be throwing your defensive coordinator under the bus. And I think if he does get fired, the parting shot is going to be, if the owner gave me what I wanted, we would have been successful. The guy cannot take any goddamn blame. Well, I mean, that's I've been saying that since early on, and then he's gotten worse. As the season's gone on, and the losses mount, and the, and it gets more and more embarrassing, and they get more and more talk about him gone, and they get closer to zero and sixteen, they get closer to a blah 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 blah, all of that stuff. Adam Gase is starting to now lash out and and blame anybody else he possibly can, and that's and that's basically what this is. I don't have a problem with him saying, "All right, well, Greg Williams is out at the end of the season," or even firing Greg Williams. I mean, I it's how it went down that that I have a problem with. Number one, number two. 
as a head coach of any, not even a head coach in, in the NFL, as a head coach of any sport or a manager in any company or an owner or any kind of position where, where you are responsible for other people, you have to be a leader and you cannot just go out there and, and start freaking firing and, and getting rid of people when you also admit that you have some responsibility. That's cowardly. It's weak. And if there's a single player on that team that looks at Adam Gase and says, God, thank you for getting rid of Greg Williams, that player should be fucking cut on the spot and never have a job in the NFL again. I guarantee you that every player on that team is looking at him like like the freaking piece of shit on the bottom of their shoe that he is because he he is that's exactly what he is if they're not saying it they have to be thinking it at least that's the players that i want on my team i want guys who take responsibility i don't want guys who are going to point fingers it's just mind-boggling my my final thought because i don't want to drag this on more than it has to we're talking about one topic tonight but the fact that this moron while passing blame still made himself look like a clueless asshole is just the fact that he has a job is giving me a migraine. He blamed Greg Williams, and the way of blaming him was saying, I knew it was a wrong call. I should have, I could have, I should have, and I could have called a timeout to overrule him, but I didn't. And because I didn't, that's his fault, and he's now out of a job. That's the part that is, that is, that is killing me, is that Adam Gase acts like he had this team humming perfectly and everything was great and and one mistake cost them a game and that was the only one and that's bullshit because you can talk about 11 other games but i got one for you right before that freaking play where adam gase had no balls like he usually doesn't no balls at all and 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 didn't put the game away when he had the chance when they were on offense they they should have gone for, instead of running the ball three times they should have gone for the first down on on third down they should have gone for it to end the game and the worst case would have been the, that that the Raiders had an extra 30 seconds or so. But again, this is not a situation where they needed a field goal to tie. They needed a touchdown. So if you run, if you let them get that, that, you know, those extra 30 seconds and then punt the ball, if your punter doesn't shank it, you know, you want to blame somebody, but you want to give them that extra 30 seconds and let them start in their own 25 with 45 seconds left and no timeouts, then go right ahead. Let, let them beat you that way. But don't, don't stand there and act like you called the perfect game when a minute before that you freaking, you you same old jetted the game away before even Williams had the chance to. So bullshit. I've had enough of Adam Gase. I think a lot of it is exactly what you just said. He was so proud of the fact that the offense actually came alive in the second half and had an absolute chance to win the game. And the fact that the defense blew this one for him, he just couldn't sleep at night thinking, my God, my plays actually worked. The offense actually looked alive. We really had a chance to win this game. But the phrase that he used that really made my skin just, oh, just, just my blood went boiling in anger is when he said, the guys worked hard and they deserve that win. Are you stupid enough to say that phrase by basically insinuating that the prior 11 losses that were clearly on you and your idiotic play calling, the guys didn't work hard enough, they didn't deserve to be put in a better opportunity to win a game? No, it was only this week. They, uh, the team only showed up on week 12. I just, I, I can't. I can't with this guy. And I'm genuinely scared now that with, with what we've seen this season, that it's not a given that he'll be out of a job. There's definitely more of a possibility in my mind now than there was before. But you you just made another very good point is that, you know, and it plays into Adam Gase being the, the megalomaniac, egotistical narcissist that he is. You didn't even realize you made the point, but let's let's rewind the tape like 40 seconds or something, right? Adam Gase 
actually has been under a lot of fire. He has he has been you know really berated for all of his terrible adjustments in the second half, and the team never does anything. The Jets can't finish games out. They can't come back. Blah 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 blah. And the one chance he had to do it, Greg Williams ruined it for him. Right? Adam Gase actually could have gone into a press conference where the Jets came from eleven down in the third quarter. They they won. They held on at the end in a tight thing, and Greg Williams stole that thunder from Adam Gase, and that's why Greg Williams is out of here. How, that makes a ton of sense. That plays perfectly into his personality type, Port. You nailed it without even realizing you were trying to nail it. That is perfect and fits the narrative 100% about Adam Gase being spiteful and getting rid of Greg Williams because he took some he took some mythical opportunity for Gase to bask in, in some praise for once away from him. Yep, he was imagining the post-game press conference where he was going to get the praise, how the offense looked, and it got stolen from him. I, I, I got nothing more without repeating myself. I'm going to drink my sorrows away tonight and think about this Travis Dealer franchise and where we're headed. All right. Well, you have a great night. Good speaking as always. And uh, if we don't have anything to talk about during the week, then uh, we'll, we'll catch up on the, uh, on the game preview show. Looking forward as always. Have a good night.